Hello, this is Jason, and you're listening to Episode 6 of the Grace Station Podcast. We're going to continue our study in Colossians. We're going to be in Colossians chapter 1. We're going to read verse 9 and verse 10. Verse 9 we covered two episodes ago, and verse 10 we're going to cover uh, in today's episode. I want to thank you for downloading uh, this episode and encourage you to share a link uh, to thegracestation.com with your friends and your family members. Um, the feedback that I've received so far from the podcast has been very positive, and I want to thank you guys for that. I really enjoy recording it and releasing episodes. We're going to be in verse 9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And so Paul had written to them that he and his co-writers were excited about the fact uh, that they had received the gospel, the people of Colossae, and they prayed that they would be filled with knowledge, they would understand wisdom and spiritual understanding. And we talked about that in the previous episode. And then he says this, once you have the knowledge and the wisdom and the spiritual understanding, and I think that's critical and crucial, Paul always talks about understanding before he talks about action. He wants you to know the purpose behind the precept. He wants you to know the reason behind the next step that you might need to take. And so his hope was that they would have knowledge, they would have wisdom, they would have understanding that these things would come from God, that they would understand all that there was to understand about themselves and about the nature of God, so that, and that's in verse 10, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. That's a cool word there, uh, the word worthy. It means suitable. It means to have those things and to be those things um, that are designed by God for us. Um, in other words, God has designed us in Christ. He has saved us and set us apart so that, and we are now designed to be uh, truth tellers and to be forgivers and to be. Uh, peacemakers, and to be uh, people who bring mercy. And so he's saying, now that you have wisdom and understanding and knowledge of the nature of God and the nature of your relationship with God, and as you grow in that, the reason that I want you to grow in that is so that you can actually walk, you can live your life, you can take steps to do the things that are suitable for one who knows that truth and knows the God of the truth. Um, and how do we all learn to walk? Well, our parents stand there and they place their fingers on, in our fingers. You know, they, we, pl- we place our hand around their, their fingers and, uh, and they kind of stand over us and we take little baby steps. And then slowly but surely we learn the terrain and we learn the steps and we learn what to do. And eventually we're able to walk on um, what we might call on our own. But all of the walking that we ever do in our life is never really on our own. It's always based on those first few baby steps that we took way back in the past when our parents were showing us how to put one foot in front of the other and teaching us not to walk into a wall but to walk in in a hallway, not to walk down the stairs, you know, uh, three at a time, but to take them one at a time. All those little lessons that we have to learn. And so as we understand that we have God showing us the pattern of life, showing us what it is to be kind and loving and forgiving and merciful, etc., etc., etc. We should walk in that. That's not some burden, that's a blessing. I think there can be some guilt built into this verse 
when we hear it, it, it might come across to our ears as, oh, I need to walk in a way so that I'm worthy of God's love. You know, that we can read that into it. Like, I have to do everything I can so that I'm still worthy of God. Listen, grace already teaches us that God loves us not based on whether or not we are worth it or worthy of it, but based on the fact that He finds us worthy of it because His character is love and forgiveness and mercy and grace and kindness. In other words, you can't earn His love pre-salvation, mid <laughs> pre-salvation or post-salvation. I was going to say mid-salvation, but that's not really a term. But you know what I mean? There's, there's not a step in there where you earn His love. So it's not saying walk so that you will be worthy. It's, it's more of the, of the concept of walk as one who is worthy of the, of the Lord and then walk in things that are worthy of God. Walk in things that are suitable for God, that that mirror Him because they bless us and they bless other people. Now, this is a really neat thing here. It says that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing because it, it pleases God when we do the right thing. But here's how it here's how this works, and this is pretty powerful. It doesn't please Him just in a vacuum. So if I tell the truth... God doesn't give me seven, you know, Jesus points for telling the truth. That's not how that works. It pleases God when I tell the truth because God is pleased when his children experience his character. See, God is a truth teller. So when I tell the truth, I am I'm literally, while I'm blessing someone else by being honest, I'm blessing myself. And that pleases God. See, God knows that telling the truth is best for me, and he loves me, and he loves others. And so it pleases him in the context of that's what's best for me, and that's what pleases God. Me living out the best for, for, for others and the best for me is what pleases the Father. It, it's, it's what um, delights him, you know. Uh, so... When, when I remember when our oldest daughter learned to walk at a very young age, and I remember how exciting that was to us. Now, we were not excited because her walking made us love her more. We didn't love her because she walked at eight months more than we did if she had walked at 12 months or 15 months. But we were pleased because she got to experience walking so soon. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like the, the experience of it was something that she got to have. And then the joy that her walking at such a young age brought to other people. And so like when, when God calls us to be faithful, okay, or God calls us to be kind, there's an ancillary benefit to each of us because we experience the life of Christ actually being lived out, and that pleases God because that's what we were designed for. Okay, This is not us making God happy because we checked off a bunch of things that he required of us. This is God is pleased because we are experiencing the actual life of Christ being lived out by walking it out, you know? Um, being fruitful in every good work. I love that good work. There's nothing better than a good day's work. Might be you might be exhausted. You might be tired. You might be uh, you know your hands might have blisters. You know and and you might have a sunburn on the back of your neck. But there's nothing better than a good day's work, and that's physical. But the same is true in the spiritual realm. The same is true in our practical realm of living, where. It, there's something about that that's beneficial to the soul and it's beneficial to others. And so we ought not be afraid of the idea that even though we're saved by grace, 
Works are huge. Works, works matter, but they don't matter in the way that we sometimes think they do. It's not this system of doing enough things to earn the favor of God. It's doing all these things out of the favor of God. That's how f- fruit is produced, by the way. The tree doesn't strain to produce fruit. The, the tree produces fruit um, what we might call naturally. It's, it's the natural byproduct of a healthy tree. And a healthy believer who's done verse 9, watch that, filled with knowledge of his will, all wisdom and spiritual understanding. When we have wisdom and understanding, when we understand the nature of God and we understand the reason for why we're doing the things we're doing and why we're here, that begins to bear fruit in our lives. And what's the purpose of fruit? It's pretty cool. It's to share with someone else. You know, it's it's to it's to take the truth, the seed that's in one and give it and place it in something else to place it in the ground so that it comes up. So when we share fruit, so we're, we're, we're sharing not only the truth, but we're, we're in the And so if we're sharing the kindness or the forgiveness or the goodness, the fruit of the spirit, we're also sharing the truth of the spirit and eventually in relationships. When, when we are found to be honest and kind and gentle and long-suffering and merciful and peaceful, those are attractive qualities. That's good fruit. And eventually, as we're in relationship with people and they come back to us time and time and time again because what they're seeing is genuine and real and Christ-like, Eventually, we are able to share not just the fruit, but the truth behind the fruit. We're able to share the reason for our kindness and our mercy and our love because of our personal relationship with Jesus. So never shy away from doing a good work. Never back away from, uh, you know, being the first to volunteer or the person who stands and, and helps, you know, because there is there is much joy in the simplicity of, of, of doing a thing and doing it well. And so, and that's all kind of layers. That's from manual labor to uh, some kind of thing you do at your church, or or just a, a spiritual gift that you give someone, or a truth that you share with someone. I mean, when we're talking about good works. We're talking about the gamut of human experience where we share our hearts with people by the things we do for them. I mean, even Jesus. Think about this. Jesus came and he lived his life. And he didn't just sit on a mountaintop and just say some things. He did stuff. And in the doing of stuff, he, he proved the validity of who he said he was. Even, even doing the, the, the work of the cross was an action. Okay, And so as long as we understand that the works are not earning us a higher level with God or earning us more love from God, or you know, but they are coming out of the high, lofty place we've already been placed in God. You know, we're seated with him in heavenly places. We have heaven as our future home. We have the Holy Spirit as, a, as an earnest in our hearts, you know. And so all those good works and that walking, that's just an outward expression of that inward reality that's already there. And so when we think about good works, man, that, our, our a smile should just break out on our face because that is the work of the Holy Spirit turning deep spiritual truth into everyday practical actions. And so the last thing is this, increasing in the knowledge of God. And I believe that probably goes to the next verse, which we're going to jump on Thursday. So I'll leave that, but I will remind you to this, that as we're moving forward in this thing, 
as you're walking your walk with the Lord, as you're doing those things that are suitable for you, remind yourself that you were created for this. You were created for purity. You were created for righteousness. You were created for goodness. You were created for mercy. You were created for love. You were created for friendliness, hospitality, joy, and peace. That's what we were created for. And we're allowed to experience those things <laughs> supernaturally through the Lord. And, and, and all of those things express themselves probably best as we use them to bless other people, as we do good, genuine, real works. But that those things never, the good works are the, are the result. They're the result of the knowledge and the wisdom and the love. They're the result. They're not the, um, they're not the reason for the love. They're not the reason for the mercy. They're the result of the mercy. They're the result of the love. They follow after, you know. And, and, and I, I always remind myself that as I'm doing these good works and I'm experiencing this, I'm experiencing the Christ life in its most real and basic. I'm doing something for someone that perhaps could not do it for themselves, you know. And that's the ultimate reality behind grace is that I'm doing what Jesus did for me, <laughs> He's doing something for me. Jesus has done for me what I couldn't do for myself. And, and a good work that comes from my heart is me doing something for someone else who, who couldn't do it for themselves, you know, and helping them along their, their journey or their path. And as we do this, we increase in our knowledge because there is this experiential reality about God that as we participate as we uh, are disciplined, as we grow in wisdom, as we grow in understanding, and as we participate with good works, we begin to see not just the spiritual truths that are on the page, but we begin to see the spiritual realities of life. We begin to see, oh, here's what kindness does. Here's what peace does. Here's what joy does. Here's what forgiveness does. Here's what mercy does. We, be, we begin to increase in those things and 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 we need, we, we see the the, the long-term impact of the decisions we're making and so I'll remind you that sometimes making the decision to do the right thing to do the godly thing to do the Christ-like thing it's not maybe not the easiest thing in the moment but it's always the most beneficial thing it's always the most uh, right thing. <laughs> it's always the most pertinent thing. It's always the most. Uh, is pertinent the right word? I don't remember. It's it's always the thing that we need, and it's always the thing that that blesses us and blesses others. And it always leads to a little more information, a little more knowledge, a little more increasing in our knowledge and our wisdom. It 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 always it, it always. I've never seen it fail that. Doing a thing that God has called me to do and acting a way and living a way that God has called me to do, I've yet to have it return back to me less. It always returns back more. And uh, that's just grace upon grace. It is that we follow him and we trust him. Now, I, I think we do this in a fluid kind of sense. And I think we do this in a, uh, you know, the Bible talks about, I think it's Ionian life, the idea of a flow of life. I don't, I don't think we can do this if we're constantly worried if we're doing, um, how do I say this and be very careful? I'm all for plans. I'm all for structure. I'm all for having systems in place that help us manage certain aspects of our lives. I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. 
But but we always have to be ready, willing, and able to do whatever God wants us to do, wherever, however. But to do it with a sense of peace and calm about us. I think that might be how I want to say it. That that God's God's life for us is a, is is a life of active rest <laughs> and resting in our activity. That there is a there is a spiritual peace as we are going through the activities that He has for us to do. And I think that's how Jesus Jesus w- was and is. I think as He's walking around on Earth, He's always abiding in the peace that the Father had. He's always, uh, you know connected to the Father's purpose, the greater purpose behind whatever he's doing. And that's how it is with us and our actions. There's a deeper meaning to this thing I'm doing. There's a, there's a deeper reality. There's a long-term game plan here. And so while I might have some short-term goals and some short-term plans, and there might even be some moments where I feel like, oh, man, this is really tough, deeper in there there is this sense of peace and calm and joy that says, man, this is so worth it because there's a long-term game plan of following after what the Father has for me, and I'm going to rest and relax knowing that He is in control. I hope that was clear today. It's been a long day. You talk about mentally exhausting. and uh, But I wanted to jump on here and record something for you guys. Hey, if you're in the Vidalia area, check us out, journeychurchga.com. And you can always check out new episodes, thegraystation.com. I'll be back Thursday or Friday. I'm not exactly sure my recording schedule this week. Thursday or Friday with Episode 7 of the Gray Station podcast. Have a blessed week.